What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Conscious Man Podcast. We are here in North Dallas in the office of our resident therapist, Casey Leamy, and uh, we're grateful to have her with us again. And I want to let Casey just share with all of you. If you're new, welcome. If you're returning, uh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. And we're going to continue on with some more uh, street level relationship tools. And Casey has uh, is wanting to share with us some news that's uh, alive for her right now. So Casey, if you wouldn't mind, just give the listener a, a snapshot of what's going on for you and uh, what you're up to in the world. Hey guys, uh, my name is Casey Leamy. Um, I have a, a master's in uh, marriage and family um, counseling. Um, I used to have the A attached to it, the associate, just meaning I had to do 3,000 hours of face-to-face counseling, and now that's officially gone, which is is very exciting. Um, So I'm now just an LMFT, um, as well as LCDC, which is a chemical dependency counselor, um, and I'm also trained in EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Used a lot for trauma, but you can also utilize it for a multitude of other things. like uh, like you said before, I'm in North Dallas, um, 17430 Campbell Road, um, Suite 207. And if you ever have any questions or um, anything like that, wanted to set up an appointment, you could reach me at 469-701-1223. What's alive for you, Case? What what is what is going on for you presently? Um, let's see. Not, not much. Um, my goal for uh, this week was to make myself do a yoga class every day, even if it's an online one. So that's my goal. So far, so good. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Got to incorporate that, that self-care Absolutely. Um, and um, get that stretching in and everything like that. So that's kind of my personal, personal goal um, for the week. Um, but just that and becoming, you know, completely, completely fully licensed. Um, I guess are really what's going on. Yeah, that congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And what what is it? I think we were wanting to talk about um, some relationship tools, and one of them that you had mentioned was the timeout. Yes. Okay. Um. So this is kind of relationship as well as communication. So um, I use these not only with uh, in couples counseling or family, um, but also, you know, individual counseling, you can utilize this, you know, with your employer, your boss, um, your friends, um, really anyone that you communicate with. Okay. So um, is it, would it even be considered as like uh, leadership tools as well? Like, do they teach communication in those types of settings? Like you, 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 they you, should. you, 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 you mentioned like, um, like with your coworkers and employees. So I'm just thinking if you're sharing these in a, in a work setting, these, are you saying these tools might be new or these ways of relating might be new to the people you're working with? Um, some of them might be new and some of them you might have to tweak a little bit, you know, if you're going to utilize them in the workplace or, or something like, like that. Um, but a lot of these things are just for, 
for you. Okay, gotcha. Um, making sure that you are communicating the most effectively, making sure that you're getting your point across, whatever it may be, um, and also making sure that you're relaying the information coming in correctly and hearing that correctly and verifying that that is correct in order to, you know, make sure there isn't any kind of miscommunication. Mm. Um, maybe that would help with maybe eliminating a little bit of anxiety, you know, about certain situations, about talking to certain people, um, as well as just, you know, having that clarity of really knowing what's going on, everyone just being on the same page. Because uh, I think, you know, miscommunication, misinterpreting, um, we're all human, we all do it. That's how I start off all my sessions with my new clients is, you know, you're never going to hurt my feelings. If I misinterpret something, you know, please let me know. Um, and I want to make sure that we're on the same page. You know, if I suggest something that you don't think that you're ever going to do, let me know. You know yeah, I want to make yeah. sure that we're utilizing this time appropriately um, and, uh, you know, not not wasting um, any time. So anyways, I think that this communication is good for everyone, but really it's, it's going to be good for you. Yeah. Um, you want to do this for yourself, you know, like I said, in order just to kind of clarify that uh, everyone's on the, the same page. Gotcha. Okay, that makes okay. a lot of sense. So um, last week we went over a little bit about I statements. Um, so kind of, you know, moving on from there, another uh, a thing to focus on, um, maybe whenever you're getting into a conversation is focusing on the problem and not the person. Um, so if we have any resentment built up, just kind of trying to leave that aside and and really just focus on on the issue at hand because it gets really complicated and toxic when we start throwing in things that uh, jabs or daggers. Yes. So you're saying like keep things in the present moment. We're not bringing in anything from the past, a situation that may have occurred a week ago, five weeks ago. We want to keep it clear and current and in the present moment and talk about what the issue is now. Right. Is that right? Yes, because if we bring too many things, you know, into this conversation, it makes it harder to actually address them all and get a conclusion to actually process that and to have a a resolution because sure. now we're juggling eight, nine different things. And normally if, you know, Scott and I are having a conversation about, um, you know, he was late to something and then I brought in 10 different things that he does that makes me mad. That's probably going <laughs> to, you know, evoke some, something inside, you know, okay, maybe yeah. some anger or just, you know, just kind of feeling that he needs to defend himself sure. and he might say things that, you know, he, that could be hurtful or again, just aren't necessarily productive to our conversation. Yes. So we always kind of want to stick to whatever the issue may be. Um, so when a disagreement turns to a personal insult, um, raised voices, mocking tones, the conversation is definitely not productive. Um, you want to be careful to focus on the problem without blaming your partner. Um, if a excuse me, if a disagreement becomes personal, you should definitely pause the conversation. Um, I was going to go to this one a little bit later, but I think it's a good little little segue. Okay. Um, having a timeout or kind of a safe word. Um, it can be anything. Um, let's give some examples. My personal one with my husband is Chippewa, and that was my 
um, Indian princess name of my tribe. Right. So um, I don't know how we chose that one, but whenever one of us says Chippewa, we have to completely pause. And this is something that both partners have to buy into okay. uh, and respect, <laughs> definitely respect. Um, yeah. And it's difficult at first, but I will say that it does come become a little bit easier with time. So whatever the conversation may be, if one of us says Chippewa, then we have to pause, take a time out. We normally set the timer between three and five minutes. Some people do a little bit longer. Um, I have some clients that do up to 10. Um, that's a little bit too much time for me, 10 minutes. For, okay. So it's an individual thing. Like what if, if you're really, really like blown out, like if you're extremely, you know, there's some anger and resent. And like you said, like some stuff's coming in from the past. So you don't feel super resourced. Maybe, you know, on a scale of, of zero to 10, you're at zero being calm, 10 being like really blown out. Would you, do you guys set, well, it sounds like you set context ahead of time on how long a timeout for you, 10 minutes is max. Like, so for your husband, let's say, is his longer or is it less? His or? is shorter. His he is, shorter. is very much someone who wants to resolve something right away. Okay. So this exercise was much more difficult for him than it was for me. I am have always been someone who I just want to take a few moments to myself. Yeah. Kind of collect myself and make sure I don't project or say something that I don't mean to say. Right. Um, so this was really difficult for him. So normally we do one to three minutes. Okay. Um, because I can kind of, you know, cool down or not become as um, emotionally heightened pretty quickly. Yeah. And again, this is something that as you practice it, it, it becomes easier with time. Sure. So maybe you start off with 10 minutes, but you know, in a couple months you go down to eight minutes to six minutes. And, um, and again, that's kind of doing that self soothing and really being able to kind of go through your thought pattern, figure out, what am I really mad about? Right. You know, what are we supposed to be discussing? What are, which of these thoughts are irrational and which ones can I counter, you know, counteract or get rid of because they're not even true. Right. And they're all just kind of attached to my emotions right now. So it's more like a story you're saying, like some, or something, something from the past is being brought into the present moment. So you've got all of this stuff that's kind of uh, convoluting the actual issue. So, it's getting underneath that and kind of getting clear on what it is that you're trying to resolve, getting rid of mm -hmm. all the other crap. And even, yes, absolutely. Okay. But I, even if it's something that's not coming in from, from the past, so say it's just you had a long day and you walked into the, you know, you come home, um, your husband, wife, roommate, whoever it is, you know, kind of, meets you at the door pretty closely and it's like, Hey, you forgot to do this, 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 mm. I need you to do this. And, you know, or just kind of nagging you yeah. or talking to you and maybe there's a little bit of tone thrown in there or something sure. along those lines. If you feel yourself getting, you know, just emotionally heightened or you feel, you know, kind of that anxious feeling where, and everyone's different, but you just feel, you feel different and you feel like you're going to say something that maybe you shouldn't say and it's going to come from a place that's emotional rather than, than mm, logical. Sure. This is also a great time to be like, Hey, I need a moment, you know? And, and yeah. so again, this is for you if you can practice this on your own, but if you are doing this with a partner, um, you know, wife, husband, whoever, it is important to kind of get both parties 
to buy in. Yeah, but yeah. again, you know, if this is something that you're doing with a colleague or maybe a boss, maybe you and your boss aren't going to have a, a safe word. Right. But it's okay to say, hey, I just, you know, I need, I need a minute. minute. I'll, yeah. I'll be right back. And to maybe take a lap or go to the bathroom or something and just kind of give yourself a pep talk, kind of cool, cool, cool down a little bit, do some breathing techniques and kind of remember, you know, what the issue at hand is. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the, one of the things I like to do cases, I throw up a tee, just like a referee in a football game. I, I put the tee up in front of their face and just call a timeout and uh, that gets their attention. And then, you know, I'll take space and, and go kind of deal with myself because it's not for the other person or it's not for your kids. It's for you to calm down, to get into your rational mind and to then respond to the, your partner, your children, or your coworker, your boss, like you were saying, in a more rational way where you can discuss things and not be reactive. Right? Absolutely. Cool. So something that's important, though, that Scott just said, is coming back to the issue. Mm -hmm. um, the, one of the ways that this doesn't work that I've had with some of my clients who are couples is that they won't go back to the issue. Oh. Then we're not dealing with anything. So, yes, once we've come down, once the timer is up, you still want to go back and address the issue. It may not be pleasant because it may not be something that you want to address, but that's important. You need to to address the issue, whatever it may be, you know, and kind of come to a conclusion, solution, you know. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't mean that you can just walk away and not come back to it. You definitely need to come back to to the issue. Okay. The well, who, like in, in your opinion, who has to be the leader? Like who who's the one that has to take, the lead in, you know, if one person is more emotionally charged, I would kind of consider them more like the, the child. And then the other one is more like the parent and whoever's the most resourced and in, in, in their rational part of their brain is going to have to take the lead. Would you say? Um, like if, if in, in, in an instance where like you and JD are, can I say JD are in, uh, in 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 a timeout, you're coming back into discussing uh, who typically takes the lead on. Is it you or is it very him? I don't think it's necessarily one or the other. Um, I think it should be probably a pretty equal thing because okay. you both want to hold each other accountable. Yeah. Um, and I say that I don't think it's one or the other mainly because I think with whatever the topic may be, one of us may be a little bit more vulnerable to it. One of us may have an emotional tie to something and it's not always going to be, be the same. Right, right, right. Um, so no, I think that it's more kind of just checking in with one another after right. that timer has gone off. So say we set it for three minutes. Um, I'm still <laughs> a little heated about whatever it may be. Okay. Then it would be my responsibility to say, Hey, can we set it for like three more minutes? I need to, I need a little bit more time. Okay. Um, that makes sense. So I really, you got to hold yourself accountable. Um, and you also want to hold your partner accountable, but I don't think that it's necessarily one person is a leader for the whole, you know, the, the whole time. Um, I think that it should be pretty equal. Okay. But be respectful if that person needs five more minutes or, or, or however, however, much longer, be respectful and give them that time. Because again, if they're heightened emotionally or, you know, have irrational thoughts going on, you know, in their mind or whatnot, that conversation isn't going to be productive. And so 
if it's if you're still in a space where even after setting the timer for a second time you're still not able to come back in connection is it in your opinion okay to maybe take a longer amount of time or what if the other person is like i don't want to maybe tomorrow would be better for me i just don't feel like i can deal with this right now is there a set amount of time that it should be uh, no, I don't think so. I think every individual is different. I think every couple is different. I think the important part is is setting a time to address this again. Okay. I think tomorrow would be okay. You yeah. know, if you are in couples counseling, um, you know, you can table it for couples counseling because it's a safe place to, to talk about it. Yeah. But really setting a time to address it and not just let it go under the rug and not be addressed. I got you. But again, yes, be respectful if that person says, you know, I've had a really long day or whatever the ish reason may be to not want to discuss it. Okay. Cool. But it, let, when, when would be a better time to discuss it? Don't just kind of let it. Yeah. Just let it, let it go away. Well, I wanted to dispel a myth because people have asked me, some of the listeners have asked me like, don't go to bed mad. Mm -hmm. Well, if the one person isn't ready to deal with that thing until the morning, then somebody unfortunately is still going to be upset and but you're respecting the other person's boundary that they need to wait until tomorrow so what's your thoughts on not going to bed angry or is that a thing yes i think it's very important and it was something actually my grandma um my grandma florida told me um a long 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 time ago something that mm -hmm. i will always remember um and something that i try to live live by and i think there's a lot of you know truth to that of not going to bed bed angry because whatever emotions that we can go to go to sleep with, we can kind of wake up that mm. that way as well. Sure. Um, it can also maybe affect our dreams. Um, right. Possible. Um, like you said, if the person's not really ready to address it, we don't want to force them to address that. And if yeah. they've made a commitment to talk about it tomorrow, okay, we want to, we want to respect that. But, you know, maybe saying something nice to each other before going to bed. Like um, that. Something that, um, you know, I'm still hurt, you know, right now, but, you know, I love you and, you know, sweet dreams. Or um, maybe saying something that you're grateful for, for mm -hmm. one another. Um, because that's not, that's still saying a positive, sure. you know, even if it has nothing to do with whatever, you know, you're hurt or angry yeah. or upset about, you're still grateful, you know, to have this person in your life and maybe just, Ending it with something positive. So let's say you're the one that is wanting to talk about things now and the other person, what if they can't bring themselves to say something? Would you then be the one knowing that or do you have to have buy-in from both? Like, okay, this is going to be a, an agreement we have. Like, even if we can't resolve an issue before we go to bed, let's at least agree on saying something nice to one another before we do knowing that we're going to we're going to work on resolving it in the morning yes yeah mm -hmm. i like that 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 makes a lot of sense grandma florida's pretty a uh, pretty sharp woman yes. how old is she she's she died a okay. couple of years ago how so old? she's not with us um i think she was in her 80s oh yeah um or i know she's in her 80s okay. but uh that was a little nugget of knowledge that she she left with me and um she uh would tell me that about my mom because my mom and i a little bit whenever we were whenever i was younger um but yeah. you know just saying something that you appreciate that about that person because not to be too negative but you know no one's guaranteed tomorrow yeah and yeah. you want to make sure that you know you show that appreciation and you tell that you know 
to that person um, and not let whatever it may be that hurt, that anger from whatever that situation is really cloud all of that because that's still there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. That, you know, that would, I would imagine that'd be really hurtful if the person that you love didn't wake up in the morning and you left things undone. So saying something to that, to each other, that you're grateful for about one another uh, lands for me for sure. It's really, yeah. Great practice <laughs> to have can be difficult. I imagine at mm-hmm. times, but also we're, we're trying to do things differently. Absolutely. We're trying to provide you the listener with some tools that will help. And you have, you know, you have to start trying to do new things to have a great relationship. You can't continue to do things the old way and expect to get a new result. So, that's what Casey and I are trying to provide for you are some, some options, some new practices, some, uh, some ways that you can implement into your own relationships. And it's a practice, right? Case mm-hmm. like absolutely, you, you try things and see if they work, you add things, you take things away. It's not like cookie cutter. What's your, what's, I love this saying, Casey, what is it? Uh, that there isn't one size fit all in life and definitely, you know, not in therapy and, um, you know, Scott had asked me a question earlier and I also have a lot of, you know, parents or people that find it out that I'm a counselor ask me, you know, a question and I can't always provide one answer because there isn't one answer, you, you know, there's multiple answers and there is no one size fit all. And one person is going to be, you know, so different than the next person that, that their anxiety, their depression, that their life, you know, there is no one size fit all their life is unique in so many different ways. And, um, you know, we have to like, as a counselor, spend a lot of time, get that history and, and really find out, you know, what this anxiety is attached to, what this depression is attached to and really kind of hone in on that. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah. There, yeah. We, we're going to try all kinds of different stuff and it isn't one particular way that's going to make all the difference. It's going to be trying different things and see what works for the individual. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see a couple other things. Um, so timeouts are, are great. Um, but the, you know, like we talked about, the important thing is coming back to the issue yeah. at hand. Um, we talked about discussing one issue, you know, at a time. Yep. Um, and we kind of touched on this before, but really before you begin asking yourself, you know, why you feel upset, um, making sure that, you know, basically what we said before that you're not bringing too many things to the table. Um, let's see. And actually an example of that would be like, you know, if, if you, um, are you truly angry that your partner left the mustard on the counter or are you upset because you feel like you're doing an uneven, you know, share of housework or chores? Um, you know, kind of ask yourself that. Is it really about the, the mustard? Is it really because you feel that you're the one that's always cleaning up? If you hone in on it's just the mustard, I don't think that you're going to have a productive conversation. You want to hone in on, hey, I feel like I'm the one who's always putting things away. Um, you know, I don't feel like this is a even chore household kind of a thing. And I think you got to make sure you're using I statements, right? Yes. Because we discussed that last week, too. It Making sure you're owning your side of things, that this is my experience and I feel this way. And so the other person doesn't feel blamed. Is yes, that right? Absolutely. Eliminating that, that blame and defensiveness. Um, again, it's just to kind of weed through that conversation and take out the things that aren't important really. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's get to the point. And I'm noticing the time too, Case. Um, we probably got a, a few more minutes. Okay. And uh, what are some of the important uh, tools that you wanted to touch on as well? Uh, we'll just go through a couple. No sure. degrading language, which yeah. I, I think is, you know, kind of one of those duh things. But at the same time, in my office, I'll allow couples or, you know, if it's a daughter and um, a mom or, you know, a, a dad and, and, a, and a daughter or wh whoever it may be, I'll let them argue for a sure, minute yeah. so I can see how they argue. Uh, and I get a greater understanding of that because everyone argues differently. Yeah. Um, and I am always shocked to see how much degrading language comes up. And it's just second nature, you know, um, uh, and how hurtful that is and how people get defensive and how when you work with a client individually, a lot of times we go through labels and a lot of those labels come from, you know, the degrading language that they're called during our Can you give us an example? Can you give the listener an, an example of um, like the language that we might be using with our partners, our children, our coworkers? Or so for like a, like a daughter and, and mother, for an example, um, you know, you never, um, say thank you, you are very ungrateful and um you know part of my part of my language, but you know no, you crazy. act like, you know, an an entitled, you know, B I T C H or and these kind of things happen. So this is the mom talking to the daughter. This would be an the, example of that. Okay, yeah. sure, yeah. No. So the uh -huh. mom's calling the daughter a bitch. Yes. And yeah, then labeling her that. Yes. Um and so that may not seem hurtful because you know they're in an argument but later on say i'm working with that 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 client the the younger daughter mm -hmm. we talk about self-esteem and self-worth and you know how she views herself um in my experience you know a lot of those labels would be you know i'm i'm a, I'm a bitch oh. um i'm ungrateful um you know things that they have heard their parents say sure. um regardless if their parents meant it or not right um, they may just, you know, been emotionally charged and not had, should have taken that time out. Um, uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, but also, it also opens that door for the child to use that language towards their mom or dad yeah. or whomever. Yeah. And then they wonder, the parents are wondering, where did you learn that from? Mm -hmm. Like, this is how you spoke to me, mm -hmm. mom. Yes. Yeah. It's also really hurtful with couples as well. Yeah. That can really, really, you know, cut someone. I can, the core. I can, um, I got to tell you that that is one of the main reasons why my first marriage ended. And I heard a man use that word today towards his wife and it, I, it, my heart sank and I know firsthand on, of how damaging that can be to someone. And, uh, yeah, I, I recommend like fasting from any sort of language cuss words, you know, like maybe even doing a fast, like putting, making that an agreement that you have with one another in an emotionally charged argument that mm -hmm. you refrain from any sort of language that is demeaning or, you know, that, it, it yes, I, I mean, it just brings up a lot of awful memories. And it doesn't necessarily have to be um, like curse words or things like right. that. It could be that, you know, you're nothing or that you're weak. Mm. That can be just as hurtful. And we also have to remember that those words can be triggering for that individual for reasons that we may, we have no idea or may not be aware of. Maybe they were bullied when they were younger. Maybe yeah. 
in a previous relationship, somebody said that to them. Maybe they were emotionally abusive and they haven't shared that, you know, that with you because it was something that they felt like they didn't need to or that they worked through. You are not always aware that by calling someone these names or really degrading them or putting them down that that may not be the first time that's happened. And that could be opening up a whole nother area of wounds that you're unaware of, which also could open up a whole nother door of defensiveness and putting those walls up. Yeah, you're not going to get it. You're not going to create any sort of intimacy by speaking to one another that way. And that's that's what we're looking to do is in my experience. And, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. When there's a rupture in the relationship, it is highly beneficial for us to come back around into connection as quickly as possible so the nervous system can relax. So, you know, we can feel safe again with one another. Is, is that right mm -hmm. in your experience? Yes, absolutely. Um, another thing that kind of goes into that is no yelling. Again, I know that's kind of one of those, well, that seems, you know, okay. Like, of course we don't want to yell, but we do yell. And again, you know, I see that all the time with people in my office, you would think that maybe they would simmer down the way that they argue when they're in an office, but yeah. you kind of forget where you are in the middle of an argument and, and, you know, yelling does take place a lot. Um, and sometimes arguments are, are won by the person who yells the loudest because someone shuts down and that's not a good way to win that yeah. argument whatsoever. That's not, you didn't win, you know? You, yeah, there is no, there is a, no win. Yeah, exactly. there is no win. Um, and a lot of times someone will shut down and we call that stonewalling, which is something that we can go into a little bit more when we talk about Gottman. Um, yeah, yeah. But sometimes the easiest way to respond to an argument is to retreat kind of into your shell and refuse to speak. Um, and when, when you kind of get to that, that place, that's what's called stonewalling. Um, you might feel better temporarily, but the issue, the original issue will remain un unresolved and your partner will just get more upset. Um, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people do that. They just kind of shut down. Um, maybe when they've been name called, maybe when someone's yelling, uh, when they feel like the argument's just going in a cycle. Yeah. So again, a lot of these examples are good times to use that safe word or to, to use that timeout. Okay, cool. Let's. Let's end on that note, Case, because I know it's getting close and you've got clients coming. Um, and for the listener, we're going to continue this conversation in a couple of weeks, uh, give you some more tools. And uh, Casey, would you let the listener know, is there some social media or an email address that they can um, contact you if they have questions or they want to reach out and uh, maybe schedule a session with you? Absolutely. Um, the phone number was 469-701-1223, but you can also email me, C-A-S-E-Y, Casey, period, E as in Elizabeth, period, Leamy, L-E-A-M as in Mary, Y, at gmail.com. All right. There you have it, folks. And thank you again for joining us. And if you get some benefit from this podcast, please go over to iTunes and rate us and write us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. And uh, Casey and I will be talking to you guys very soon. Peace. Sounds good. Bye. Yeah, bye.